Good morning, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Good to see everybody in the comments already mixing it up after a weekend that saw the Packers bring back two key contributors, namely Robert Tunyon at tight end and, of course, Razul Douglas back in the fold at cornerback on a three-year deal. Douglas clearly uh, burst onto the scene last year after being picked off the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. Uh, five interceptions, two pick sixes in back-to-back weeks, a forced fumble. The guy was everywhere doing everything. And this was a season where he was having to play significant minutes on the perimeter because Jair Alexander uh, was out with injury. Uh, that glimpse, that peak we got in the playoff game where they had Stokes, Jair, and Razul all in the field together at one time was certainly tantalizing visions of interceptions and turnover plays dancing in our heads all offseason now that Razul is back. It will be very interesting to see how they go about deploying those three, uh, especially when it comes to the fact that the NFL essentially is nickel defense is your base with those three corners. Wonder who's going to be put inside. I would suspect we see a lot of Jair uh, being kicked inside dependent on matchups, but uh, regardless, it is going to be a lot of fun watching these three guys uh, for the next few years in the Packers secondary. Very exciting times. And then on the Tunyon front, it's just great to get another pass-catching weapon for Aaron Rodgers, especially in light of the fact that they bid Devontae Adams a do in the trade. Um, no word yet where he is rehab-wise. I haven't seen anything as far as him talking publicly or any of his representatives speaking about his uh, rehab from the ACL injury, but Hopefully they get him back at some point later in the year. Uh, clearly the Packers get him back on a one-year deal. Very interesting, a kind of a, almost a prove-it situation. Um, as we talked about kind of the last few weeks, it was hard to see him hitting the market and getting any kind of serious consideration given that he did suffer that ACL injury in week eight. But it's great to have him back in the green and gold, and we'll see what kind of con- contribution the Packers can get from him in 2022. Hello to everybody in the comments. Good to see everybody, starting with – Jarek Cobb, thanks for the super chat. We have been told Rodgers knew Adams was gone when he resigned. That has to mean he believed in the front office's plan, yeah? Unlike, cough, cough, some Packers fans in the chat. Go Pack Go. Now, now, don't be casting aspersions on this fine Monday morning. Um, Don't think there's any question that, you know, Rodgers was in the loop, so to speak. Uh, Whether he believed in the plan or not or does believe in the plan, I think getting $150 certainly helps you believe in anything, but... Yeah, there's no doubt that Rodgers was at least in the loop, if not explicitly on board with the idea. Um, But I also think it's interesting to see the fact that he is coming back for these next few years without Devontae Adams and without a bona fide, clear cut, as of this moment, number one wide receiver. The idea of Rodgers being forced to spread the ball around, while definitely you certainly miss a player of Devontae's caliber. There's no question about that. You cannot diminish his greatness. I, for one, am very excited to see how latter-day Aaron Rodgers fares being forced to operate within the confines of the offense a little bit more. There's still going to be a lot of check with me at the line. There's still going to be a lot of cam plays. There's still going to be lots of adjustments from Rodgers at the line of scrimmage. But as far as zeroing in on one target, got to think those days are behind him. Um, Who knows? Maybe they even lean on the running game a little bit more to help their quarterback. But let's not get crazy. Vince, thanks for the super chat. I think this draft going to be the draft where we all nod our heads in approval. Goot uses those picks to fill wide receiver but build a sudden doom squad defense. 
I'm with that, Vince. You know that. I mean, one great way to help your quarterback and the offense is to uh, give them more cracks at the whip, so to speak, more opportunities with the ball, turnovers, staunch three and outs. I'm all in on that. Um, but as far as what the draft will look like, you know, I'm sure you know, the Packers have a plan. Every team has a plan about what they want to accomplish heading into that weekend. But, you know, depends a lot on how the board falls and where the value is and being able to be kind of reactive to it. Um, clearly, you don't want to reach at any point, but I think some of it will will go hopefully according to plan as far as building up the defensive side of the ball. But I also think they will be open to whatever kind of opportunities arise if the board falls certain ways. Dustin, thanks for the super chat. Packers finally going all in on defense. I love it. I love it. I hear you, man. Justin, Jair extension incoming. Uh, I would suspect it'll get done within the next week to 10 days. Um, I know they are continuing to talk with the Packers, meaning Jair's people. Uh, nothing imminent that I know of, but that doesn't mean it couldn't turn around and happen this afternoon. Um, but I suspect it'll happen, like I said, in the next week or so. Chris, thanks for the Super Chat. Good morning, Nags. Hoping to have a much better day today than yesterday. Starting off great with the Packers Daily. Thank you for everything you do. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, whatever happened yesterday, I hope you can put it in the rearview mirror and look ahead and get excited for a great offseason for the Green and Gold. How's that? What else we got here, folks? Jeff, thanks for the Super Chat. With Razul and Bobby T back, how much cap space do we have let veteran wide receiver? You know what? That's a good question. I haven't looked to see exactly where they're at. Um, I know by trading Devontae, they opened up a $20 million kind of hole in their cap. Um, and they had a little bit kind of more than that, um, even previous prior to the trade. So I would suspect they're hovering around just under 20, but I'll have to take a look. Marshall, thanks for the super chat. Do you see the Packers addressing the D-line via free agency, the draft, or both? Any free agent interior defensive lineman favorites? Nobody that has really jumped out to me as far as like an obvious target in free agency. I suspect they will look to the draft. It's you know rare that they don't take at least one defensive lineman in the draft. In fact, up until was the last draft, they had taken someone along the defensive line in at least one of their rounds, like going back to like 93 or something like that. It's absurd. Um, so generally the Packers do like to find some of those bigger bodies and get them out there. Um, but again, I think it's about value. And I do think they will, you know, as Brian says, always be looking to improve, always looking for competition. Uh, but they're not going to force it, not going to bring bodies in just to bring them in. Um, but again, we're starting to enter that second phase, right? You're seeing already... Um, and this isn't, you know, Bobby Tunyon was pretty specialized because of the injury, but we're seeing a lot over the weekend and even this morning around the league starting to see guys signing one-year deals. Um, I think that's going to, that's the beginning of this second wave of free agency. I think there's a possibility the Packers kind of pick things over here now this week, and look at guys who might be still out there looking for a home and try and find, you know, somebody who's not, who is willing to take a one-year deal to come to Green Bay, maybe chase a ring with Aaron. Um, but I don't think they're going to force the issue. Jason, thanks for the super chat. What are the odds we move up to five or six and get all of, if we get another veteran wide receiver along with a wide receiver like all of, I could see us being dangerous. Moving up to five or six sounds way rich for the Packers' blood, but never say never, right? Um, but I would think that would cost a little bit more than Brian would be willing to give up. But again. Never say never. Uh, Samuel, thanks for the super chat. Tell you the very best until Green Bay stomps 
Las Vegas in the Super Bowl. Samuel, I am down with that. I love this. I love this plan. I'm happy to be part of it. William, thank you for the super chat. Does Jair extension free up cap for this year? Absolutely, William. It would significantly reduce his cap hit, um, which is one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest drivers I think the Packers had initially for getting that deal done. Now, obviously, the Devontae trade opens up so much space that I think the urgency drops a little bit. But yes, if and when he signs an extension, his cap number should be greatly reduced. That's one of the reasons they want to get it done. I kick ass, man. What's up? Thanks for the Super Chat. I just saw ESPN say there may be a rift between 12 and 17 because he wasn't mentioned in his goodbye post. Hate to ask, but think there's any issues between them. No, I don't. Um, I do find it interesting, though, that um, you know the narrative merchants are trying to drum that up. We never really know what goes on behind closed doors. It's very clear that Aaron, throughout especially the last few years, has been effusive in his praise of Devante, calling him the best teammate he's ever had, most talented player he's ever played with, etc., so I don't, you know, the surface level public thing, he's been clear that he loves Devante. But Devante, you know, is a different cat. He's a, he's a strong-willed dude. Is there a possibility somewhere deep down that Devante wanted to get out of Aaron's shadow in some way, shape, or form? I, is it possible? Absolutely. Do I know that? No. No. But that's what ESPN thrives on, right? Creating this drama, the narrative. Yeah, it's the offseason. Got to generate content and talking points, so uh, people will run with it. Uh, Chris, thanks for the Super Chat. Is Tunyon going to be ready for camp or too late? Oh, I'd be shocked if he's ready for camp, uh, given that he had an ACL tear in week eight. Um, I would think more likely, have you know, coming up on maybe October, but we'll see. But no, I think camp is a little aggressive. Uh, Nuclear Family, thanks for the Super Chat. Are the Rams and Bucks responsible for all this free agency and trade activity this offseason? Also, what's your take on the Browns-Watson situation? Woo! Starting off light, nuclear family. Um, first part, are the Rams and Bucks responsible? I don't think so. I think, you know, things have been trending towards more activity as far as player movement for quite some time. We've seen more player trades in the last, like, five to six years than we had probably in two decades. Um, you know, do I think teams are going maybe not going for a little bit more, but are they like a little more aggressive? Yeah, probably. And do the Rams and Bucks and the fact that they, you know, did massive talent collections kind of spur that on? Maybe in the periphery, right? Maybe a little bit. Maybe there's an owner out there or a couple owners who say, hey, look what they did. Go do that. Um, But I think both of those spots are pretty specialized in their circumstances. Um, You know, it's not every day you have a, you know, multiple goat considered quarterback drop into your laps like the Bucks did. Um, and the Rams clearly swung for the fences in a way that up until they were successful had been very unsuccessful as far as trading away and acquiring all these big names um, for monster contracts and issuing the draft completely as far as premium picks go. So I don't know that that's, you know, you can draw a straight line, but I think it's given cover to guys who maybe wanted to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, you don't have to look much further than the Seattle Seahawks to look how it can go wrong. The Seahawks have been operating kind of that way, you know, really aggressive trading away picks, etc. And they've got very little to show for it after that one Super Bowl, which was a, was a bit of a long time ago, right? So 
I do think it's given cover to guys who maybe want to be a little bit more aggressive, but I don't think it's a that those two teams are specific sea change. Also, my take on Browns and Watson. Um, there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Um, I wish this is my take on it. I wish more people would step back and allow the legal side of it to be the legal side of it uh, and understand that there are many levels to it and layers that most of us, I'd say 90% of us in the public are beyond unqualified to comment on. Um, Stephanie Stradley is a blogger and a lawyer who has been writing down in Houston for a long time. We've been friends on Twitter forever. She's been covering this case. Um, Obviously, she has blogged about the Texans for a long time. I've done lots of content with her in the past when the Texans have faced the Packers. She's been writing great, great stuff, really good insight into the entirety of the process, not just kind of the public facing side of it. I wish more people would get educated on what exactly is happening. And I'm not going to go into it here. You can go read her stuff. Um, but like when the Browns put out that statement yesterday, you know, they clearly are going to do that. They're going to, they have to have some kind of comment on acquiring a player with this much happening off the field legally. That said, the dunking on the comment and the instant indignation and blah, blah, blah. I I get it's easy. I get it's fish in a barrel. I understand it's an easy target, but man, it accomplishes nothing and it diminishes the seriousness of the situation. So to me, if you look at my Twitter feed, I have very much stayed away from commenting on it for that reason. Um, I've highlighted Stephanie's work a few times, but that's it. As far as the football side of it, they want to win. They found a guy who they think is really talented and can play quarterback for them for a major, major, major cost. I mean, not just monetary, not just draft picks, but goodwill to certainly some parts of their fan base um, around the league, et cetera. But as far as like the legal side of it, again, there are multitudes of layers of levels here that I am nowhere near qualified to comment on. And I will leave it at that. But I highly encourage you to check out Stephanie's work on this because it is excellent. Too old for this. What's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. With 17 gone and a more open offense, any chance Matt is awesome? Lafleur finally gets the credit he has earned. I hope so, man. I hope so. I really hope they kind of retool the offense, make it more multiple, lean into the running game a little bit more, and then really allow uh, this offense to kind of flow in a non- kind of making everything happen in the line of scrimmage centric way. And I know that's not going to ever be completely the case when Aaron's in town, but I do think part of this by trading away Devante, you do open things up. You do open up possibilities. It does allow perhaps for a little bit more creativity. And I hope that Aaron embraces that. And I hope Matt is allowed to get a little bit more credit because, you know, it's obvious when Aaron and Devante are putting up these insane numbers, you can't, you love it. It's amazing. They're incredibly talented, but I do think in the public kind of, you know, I, it does diminish the work Matt has done and not just Matt, Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze, et cetera. Although obviously they have moved on. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it does. I really do. Tiny man. Thanks for the super chat. Peter King says, Goody is doing what you need to do for the betterment of the Packers future. Whew, baby. Um, well, that's an argument. It's not one I would completely agree with, but that's an argument. Um, you know, securing 
hopefully another Lombardi is obviously the, the goal and that he feels this is the best way to go about it. There, I'm, I'm, I understand. But at the cost and risk cap-wise of what they've done so far, as far as pushing money out, it's hard to say that that's the case. Walter, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. Aaron, help Tay get paid. Time to get MVS paid. Well, it was interesting. I saw the a couple are mentions of MVS looking for a 7 to $10 million deal. Um, there's still a chance that he could be back in Green Bay. I hope that is the case. We've seen a couple wide receivers sign now, so I hope the dam breaks and he gets paid early this week. And hopefully it's in Green Bay. But we'll see. Mark, thanks for the Super Chat. Given the choice of Tay versus first and second, Sewell, Bobby, and probably MVS, I don't think anyone takes Tay. Love him, best wide receiver in the league, but 30 years old and 28 mil per year, not for me. I hear you, but it's not an either-or proposition for the most part. Um... You know, the, the, the Bobby thing, I think, probably get, can get dumb even if they keep Tay. Um, Sewell, sounds like they probably would have lost him, but it's not impossible. MVS, now that's, a, he is probably gone if they have Tay on the roster. So, you know, the first and second round picks, obviously, nice return. Um, but it, you have to hit on those picks. Don't forget, that's a big component here. But I hear you, Mark, as far as, like, paying that money to a 30-year-old wide receiver in the league. I mean, we've seen guys... 30 plus have productive seasons, but um, it's a pretty specialized situation with Devante, especially with his connection with the quarterback. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't hate the idea of bringing Devante back at that. Let's just say that. Carl, thanks for the super chat. Good morning. Our concerns are still pretty young. Our corners are still pretty young. It would seem their ceiling is high for continued improvement in Barry's system. Hot damn. That's the thing. The idea that these guys can grow together is amazing at least the next two years, if not three. You get Stokes coming into his second year. Jair still on his rookie deal, at least for the time being. Uh, and Rasul, obviously, still you know, ha has a lot of starting experience in the league and playing experience. Uh, but he, he's almost the elder statesman, you know, in some ways. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It definitely is exciting. Um, and we'll see what they do as far as mixing in some of the sub packages, safety position. I think they still need to address depth there. I think, you know, there's probably some depth at corner. Who knows what uh, Gene Charles might give to them down the stretch here. Maybe he plays a little bit in dime. Uh, but yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, Chris, thanks again. My favorite take on the Browns-Watson situation is Browns going to Browns. They just seem to have such a surface point of view on running a football team. Well, when you have an owner who's a fan... That, that that's going to tend to happen, I think. Um, Dennis, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Nags, any stories about the late, great John Clayton? Oh, yes. Uh, rest in peace to John Clayton. I know the news broke. I think it was Friday night. So sad. I literally had just seen the guy a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I, I was never very close with John. I saw him at plenty of Super Bowls and Combines. Um, no great kind of crazy stories, but... I can only echo what I've seen posted a hundred times, if not more, on Twitter. So nice, so welcoming, always, always ready for a conversation about football and covering the NFL. When I was at Bleacher Report and we were covering our first Super Bowl ever down in New Orleans, it was the Super Bowl where the lights went out. <laughs> um, but that week, I remember seeing him at the media party and talking to him for a little bit. And, you know, he had heard of Bleacher Report, obviously didn't know who any of us were, but he was so kind and so welcoming in a way that 
trust me, does not always happen, um, either covering the league or the Packers. But he was just great, man. He was so, so kind of welcoming. And as someone who was just starting, was first time really doing it, um, it was it really meant a lot, especially coming from a guy who, I mean, you talk to anybody who my age started watching the NFL and consuming content around it. I mean, he was the godfather, right? Uh, his columns at ESPN were must-read stuff. Loved, never missed him on any of the NFL hits he did on ESPN. Uh, just a big loss, no doubt. Walter, thanks again. With Tay, the offense sort of reminded me of ISO ball in the NBA. That is a excellent comparison. And I know people will come in here and talk all sorts of like, oh, it's different because I understand that. But if you're talking about like, okay, we're just going to focus and run the offense through a guy. That was kind of it. Yeah, you are not wrong, Walter. Uh, Dawson, thanks for the Super Chat. Hey, Nags, had the best first date of my life yesterday. Here's Subway Fair on me. <laughs> Cannot wait to see this D do their thing this season. Go, Pat, go. Man, it's great to hear, buddy. So happy for you. Man, thanks for the uh, thanks for the fair. Um, all right. I'm going to have to get going. Can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a huge favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go. 